the river that conquers the flood. You recall that we read from scriptures and we saw that it is only the river of the spirit that can conquer the flood of the enemy. In the book of Revelations chapter 12, where we began our studies on the first day, uh, that was on Thursday evening, we saw that Satan was cast, cast out of heaven. Satan was cast out of heaven. And there was celebration in heaven. They said, rejoice, all of you that are in heaven. Because the accuser, the adversary, has been cast out. And then they said to those on the earth, they said, woe to those of you that live on earth because the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Satan is angry. And then he says, because he knows that he has just a little short time. And so what the devil is doing is to maximize his strategy of overwhelming. You see, when you have a little time, you don't behave as if you had a lot of time. If you behave as if you had a lot of time, your objective cannot be accomplished. So what do you do? You unleash that's the word. You unleash your entire armory. Satan knows that anything he doesn't do now, he will never be able to do again. I said Satan knows that whatever he doesn't do now, he will never be able to do again. He knows that any of his weapons that he does not maximize now, he will not be able to use them forever. He knows that. He knows that if he doesn't mobilize all of his forces at this time, they will soon all end up where they belong. The devil knows that. And because he knows that he has just a short time, the Bible said the devil poured out a flood. He poured out a flood so that he will swallow you see, swallow is different from eat. I said to swallow is different from what? To eat. You see, when you're eating, you eat one bite at a time. But when the devil poured out the flood, he was not aiming for one bite at a time. He was aiming to gulp down the woman, to swallow, to overwhelm, and to destroy with finality. That is exactly what the devil is doing in this generation. He knows that he has a short time. And he is unleashing this flood against individuals, against families, against believers, against the church of Jesus Christ, and against the world at large. As his strategy, please listen, the flood is the satanic strategy for accomplishing his objective. The flood is the strategy of the devil for fulfilling his mission. And 
I want to say to you, and this is what the Lord has brought to us through all the people that have ministered as we have stayed together. The river is also the divine strategy for accomplishing divine objectives. The river is the divine strategy for accomplishing divine objectives. The flood is the satanic strategy for finishing his task. The river is God's strategy for completing his objectives. Don't forget the Bible says the earth helped the woman. Do you remember that scripture in uh, Revelation chapter 12? It said the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the flood that the enemy intended to use to swallow the woman. And just like the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the flood, thereby helping, the word is help. In the same way, God has provided, in the same way, God has provided help for her offspring. You remember, the dragon went to make war against her offspring. The same dragon. So if the woman needed help, her offspring would also need help. And the helper that God has provided is the Holy Spirit of God. Don't forget, and that was such a blessing to my spirit, and it has been a big encouragement to me. The dragon stood in front of the woman, I'm sure you remember, as the woman was about to deliver. And the dragon was waiting to eat the baby as soon as the baby was born. But the woman gave birth in the presence of a dragon. She gave birth. She, she delivered what she was carrying in the presence of a dragon. Likewise, God's purposes will be born in the presence of the dragon. There is nothing that he can do about that. God's will for your life will be fulfilled in the presence of the dragon. Some people are waiting for the devil to get away before they can move forward in life. That's not how the victorious life operates. Jesus said, I have given you authority to do what? To trample, trample, to trample over all the powers, to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice what Jesus said. Say, I have given you power and authority to trample. To trample means to tread upon. Listen now. One of my Bible versions, I like to read the Bible from several translations. One of my Bible versions uh, says, Kenneth West, and even the message translation puts it like that. He said, I have given you authority to advance by. To advance by trampling on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. To advance by. You see, what, what the thing means is that every advance will require a trampling. 
every advance will require what? It will require a trampling. If you are waiting for snakes and scorpions and the enemy to clear out of the road before you move forward, you are going to wait for all eternity. That's not the way it was designed to work. It was designed in such a way that because of the river, you can advance by trampling on the flood. The enemy is raging, but you are advancing. I speak that word into the lives of people in this place. The enemy will be raging, but you will be advancing. You will be advancing. You will, you will be advancing. You know, Nehemiah knew that if you wait for the enemy to finish fighting every battle, you will not build anything. So Nehemiah arranged a system where you, the guys that were working on the wall of Jerusalem, they carried their weapons with one hand and they carried their trowels, their building materials with the other hand. So with one hand, they were building with the other hand, they were carrying a weapon. And can I say to you, that happens in Israel right now. In Israel, you've got Israeli villages. Have you heard of occupied territories? Have, have you heard the term occupied territories? These are territories of the Philistines. When you hear Palestine, it is Philistine. When you hear Palestine, the present Palestinians that you are reading and hearing about, those are the Philistines that you used to read about in the Bible. Palestine is the Latin version of Philistine. It's the same people. It's the same Philistines that you used to read about in the Old Testament. Now you've got occupied territories. These are territories that Israel conquered and they have settled Jews on these occupied territories. They have farms on the land. Their houses are there. I want you to listen. When those guys go to farm, they've got their automatic rifles on their shoulder and they are riding on their tractor as they are cultivating their farms. What I'm telling you is happening right now in the land of Israel. They've got automatic... I'm not kidding. They, these are Israeli guys that have settled in these lands. They carry automatic weapons on their shoulder as they go to the market. As they are farming. As they are harvesting their crop. Because they know they live in an occupied territory. That is a picture of the Christian life. You are an oasis in the midst of a hostile environment. You advance by trampling on snakes and scorpions. That's what the Bible means. It says, you prepare a table before me. Where? 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 Where is the table prepared? He said, in the presence of my enemies. That's how to eat. All of you that would like to eat when there are no enemies, that's not the way it works in the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible, the table is prepared and you are going to be enjoying this sumptuous meal. Where? In the presence of the dragon. I hope you know that the enemy is the dragon. How would you like to eat lunch with a dragon in attendance? That is the victorious life. And you will walk in that life in the name of Jesus Christ. 
what you are to deliver will be delivered and the dragon will be powerless to stop it what you are to eat you will eat it and the dragon will be powerless to stop it yes because there is a river the streams whereof shall make glad the holy place the tabernacles the city of god the river is god's strategy against the flood of the enemy and the river is the help of the holy spirit brothers and sisters the priority of the spirit cannot be overstated please come with me to isaiah some of the scriptures i'm just going to read real quick because we don't have all the time to study them in detail but there are a couple of them that we will spend some more time at let's go to isaiah chapter 32 isaiah spoke a lot about the messiah and about the holy spirit isaiah spoke a lot you remember in chapter 11 uh, he said um yes the spirit of the lord he said a branch will grow a root will, will, will spring up uh, and a branch will grow out of his roots and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him uh, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord and he will make him of quick understanding in the fear of the lord and in same isaiah in chapter 32 now look at isaiah chapter 32 look from verse 13 on the land of my people will come up thorns and briars thorns and briars you know that thorns the first place that thorns appear in scripture was in genesis chapter 3 thorns are a picture of the curse thorns are a picture of the work of the enemy and in the land of my people will come up thorns and briars yes on all the happy homes in the joyous city look in verse 14 he said because the palaces will be forsaken the bustling city will be deserted the forts and the towers will become lairs forever a joy of wild donkeys a pasture of flocks look look he says palaces will be forsaken huh bustling city will be deserted on the land of my people will come up thorns and briars these are not pleasant things but they are going to keep happening until look at verse 15 look at verse 15 until the spirit is poured upon us from on high the palaces will be forsaken the bustling city will be deserted thorns and briars all kinds of curses and all kinds of evil going on flooding the land overwhelming the place until until something happens until what happens until the spirit is poured upon us from on high when that happens when the spirit is poured upon us from on high what is going to happen and the wilderness will become what a fruitful field and the fruitful field will be counted as a forest what is going to happen in verse 16 then justice will dwell in the wilderness 
Hallelujah. And righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. Hallelujah. Look verse 17. The work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance and confidence forever. Look at verse 18. My people will dwell where? In peaceable habitations. They will dwell in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Even though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low. Look in verse 20. Then all of you that sow beside all waters, you will be blessed. You can plant beside the waters of the river and there will be a huge harvest. Notice what would happen and notice what would happen until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And I say to you, brothers and sisters, until the Spirit is poured us upon us from on high, the wilderness will remain a wilderness. The dry place will remain dry. The weakness will remain weak. The hopelessness will fill the land. Iniquity will continue to abound. But when the river flows, when the river flows, the wilderness will become a fruitful field. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. The wilderness of the nations will become a fruitful field. The Bible said they are going to look at the devil and they will say, are you not the one that turned the nations into a wilderness? You are the one that turned the nations into a wilderness. How did he do that? He sent out a flood. But there is a river coming and God has promised. He said, I'm going to open rivers on the bare heights. I'm going to pour out water on the land that is thirsty. And when God does that, the wilderness will become a fruitful field. My people will dwell in peaceable habitation. Justice will remain. There will be a refreshing. When God pours out his spirit, it changes everything. And the good news is that we have a promise. Please go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, 43. I just want to read several of these scriptures to uh, nail in the things the Lord has been bringing to our hearts as we gather it together as DPC, Divine Priorities Convention, is gradually coming to a close. Isaiah chapter 43 from verse 18. Do not remember the former things. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Do not remember the former things. I'm talking to several persons in this place. The Lord is speaking to you. Don't remember the former things. Let go of the past. Let go of the past. What's God saying? Say, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do something new. God is going to do a new thing in your life. God is going to do a new thing in your family. God is going to do a new thing in your business. Come on, somebody in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. God says, I will do a new thing. No matter what you have seen up till this point in your life, in your service for God, in your ministry for the kingdom, watch out. God is going to do something new. Something great. Jesus said to Nathaniel, you will see greater things than this. You will see greater things than this. You will see greater things than this. I prophesy into your life, you will see greater things than this. You will see greater impact than this. You will see greater resources than this. 
you will see greater opportunities than this. You will see enlarge, enlarge, enlarge the place of your tabernacle. Enlarge your expectation. Enlarge the size of your heart. Enlarge your faith in the possibilities of what God is going to do in your life and through your life. You will see greater things than this. They said, I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do a new thing. Paul, hallelujah. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Someone read me the message translation. He says, stop repeating old history. Can you help me to read that? It's important. If you are going to flow with the river, you cannot live in the past. You see, a river never carries the same water twice. I said a river never carries the same water twice. Yes, Brother Egg. Forget about what happened. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I am about to do something brand new. Is bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert. Rivers in the barlands. He said, be alert. Be alert. He said, stop repeating old history. Some of us, we have... Do you look at Peter? Look at Peter. Look at Peter on the day of Pentecost. If Peter was not alert to the new thing that God was doing, and he was repeating the old history of his failures, the old history. Do you know how many days it was from when Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 since when he denied Jesus? How long was that? How many years? Who knows how many days? Eh? About 50 days. That's less than two months. Less than two months ago, this guy swore three times that he doesn't know Jesus Christ. And now here, the same guy that swore less than three, two months ago that he doesn't know Jesus Christ stands in front of the people and he is preaching to thousands of people with a new boldness and a new anointing. Listen, God is doing something new in your life. God is doing something new in your family. He said, be alert, be alert. Can't you see? He said, open your eyes, look at it. I'm doing something new. Stop repeating old history. Those that live in history, they cannot flow with the river. Because the river is current and has currents. <laughs> you know, the river currents. They are currents because they are current. When you speak about the currents of the river, that refers to the flow of the river. Is that not correct? The reason they are called currents is because they are current. It's not old water. And even the things that, you know, the servant of God was sharing this morning, I want you to pay attention now. They cannot be historical if you are going to flow with the river. Historical surrender will not be sufficient to flow with the river. The fact that, oh, you surrendered to Jesus last week, that was excellent. 
but this kind of surrender that that facilitates the flow of the river is current surrender a life that is concurrently surrendered at every point in time you are surrendering your own agenda you are surrendering you are you are surrendering everything is not historical it's not a historical experience please listen now listen the, the, the river that God is talking about will be a current move of God, not just something in the past. And I praise God that you have a place in this river. Someone say, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a new thing. I'm opening rivers on the bare heights. Rivers in the desert. And the beasts of the field will honor me. Look, look, look. <laughs> you know, you know the Bible is amazing. Look, look in Isaiah 43, verse 20. When God opens rivers, what's going to what's the result? What's the result? The beasts of the field will do what? They will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches. He said, Because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. These people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. You see, the people that will declare the praise, the Bible says you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The people that will show forth his praises, they will be people of the river. They'll be people of the river. And the beasts of the field will honor me. <laughs> That's a picture of, of wicked sinners coming back and coming to surrender and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the river carrying the life of God touched the death in their lives and turned night into day. Look at Isaiah chapter 44. From verse 1. Yet hear now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. Verse 3. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground i will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring and they will spring up among the grass like the willows by the water courses and one will say i am the lord's and another will call himself by the name of the god of jacob and another will write with his hand the lord's and the name and name himself by the name of the god of israel Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn back to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41. Please look from verse 17. The poor and the needy, what do they do? They seek for water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers where in desolate heights on the bare heights and fountains 
in the midst of the valley i will make the wilderness a pool of water i will make the wilderness hey todd i thought there's one here right up here <laughs> hallelujah i will make the wilderness a pool of water and dry land will become springs of water this is a promise from the almighty god blessed be the name of jesus christ hallelujah so the outpouring of the spirit is god's answer to the flood either individually or otherwise blessed be the name of the lord the outpouring of the spirit is god's answer to the flood hallelujah now there are three outpourings that are taking place on the earth and i want to mention them to you because this is very important there are three outpourings we have actually mentioned them in one form or the other but i want to gather them together so that you can have them in on the same page in your mind the first outpouring is god's own outpouring god pouring out of his spirit we read in joel chapter 2 and in acts of the apostles chapter 2 i think we can just read the one in acts hallelujah let's go to acts of the apostles chapter 2 peter quoted that scripture on the day of pentecost acts chapter 2 from verse 16 but this is what was spoken by the prophet joel so what did joel say he said it shall come to pass in the last days says god hallelujah it shall come to pass you know <laughs> when god tells you it shall come to pass you can put that in the bank in fact it is surer than the bank <laughs> it shall come to pass when god says it shall come to pass all the demons in hell will not be able to stop what god has decreed must come to pass acts chapter 2 this is what was spoken by the prophet joel verse 17 acts 2 17 and it shall come to pass it shall come to pass it shall come to pass that's what god said it is going to come to pass it will happen the nations may rage the heathens may rage anything else can happen but nothing will stop what god has said from coming to pass it shall come to pass and it came to pass you you notice <laughs> when you read the bible you notice the interplay of it shall come to pass and and it came to pass those two phrases are all over the bible it shall come to pass and it came to pass even the most unlikely it shall come to pass came to pass <coughs> he said 
But thou, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he said, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, even though you are the least among the clans and the people of Israel, yet the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. But the, 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 the virgin that was going to give birth to this, that was going to fulfill this prophecy, she was not in Bethlehem. Where was she, please? She was in Nazareth. And the pregnancy was growing. Huh? Three months, six months, seven months, eight months. And I can imagine in heaven there is a concern and they are saying there is something that is supposed to come to pass. What she is carrying must be delivered in Bethlehem. How will it come to pass? Suddenly, and I want you to listen, this is how God is going to walk. God will cause everything around your life to bring his word to fulfillment in the name of Jesus Christ. God will make all things to work together for your good. Intended and unintended. <laughs> Including the ones that the enemy planned for evil. They will eventually, all of them, work together. So that what God has decreed to come to pass in your life will come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So you know what happened? Suddenly, there was a decree from the emperor. <laughs> the decree from the emperor. And that's a kingdom. It's a picture of the kingdom. When the emperor gives a decree, when the king gives a decree, you don't argue with decrees. You comply. What did the decree say? Everybody return to your original place for census. <laughs> Everybody go back to your villages. <laughs> Can't we do the census? All of us are part of the Roman Empire. Can't we do it in the city? They say, no, you must get back to where you are from. Go back to your village. Do you guys have villages in Michigan? <laughs> No, go back to your cities where you are from originally. And then here is Joseph with the pregnant wife. Almost ready. This is eight months plus. It's close. In fact, it's almost nine months. And they are traveling. As far as they are concerned, they were going to obey the decree of the emperor. And every step, every step, they were heading back to Bethlehem. <laughs> they were going back with the donkey. Joseph was just leading his wife gradually, gradually with the donkey. And when they got to Bethlehem, even though there was no room in the inn, they said, now that we are in Bethlehem, a manger will do. <laughs> even if it's a manger, as long as it is a manger in Bethlehem, you can now put to bed. Somebody give God praise in the house. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. The promises, the promises of God in your life will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed is she that has believed, for there will be a performance of that which was spoken to her by the Lord. It shall come to pass. 
this prophecy about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, if it was dependent on the high priests and the low priests and the chief priests, it would not have come to pass. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place and in one accord. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. From. The word is from. 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 That's the direction of the sound. That's where the sound is coming from. It's not an environmental sound. Hallelujah. Prophecy does not depend on the environment to come to pass. The one that spoke it has power to bring it to pass. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of what? Counsel and might. You, you, I want you to see what's going on here. If all you have was counsel and you don't have might to execute your counsel, you've got a problem. If you have a lot of might but you have no counsel, you have a problem. But the Holy Spirit has the counsel and then he has the might to execute the counsel. That's why the counsel cannot fail. Because the counsel is backed up by the might of the Almighty. The spirit of counsel and might. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will do what? Look, look now, we are in Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 and verse 17. What will come to pass? I will pour out of. Please, pay close attention now so that you can understand what is going on here. I will pour out of my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. Yes, but look a bit more closely. It says, I will pour out of my spirit. This is so important. Please pay attention now. You see, the outpouring is not something that is separate from the Lord. See, I've got a bottle of water here. I can pour this out. But I am not pouring it out of me. See, the outpouring, the spirit that God is pouring out is not in a bucket or in a bowl or in a container and then God will carry the container and then pour out the spirit. No, 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 no. The spirit that God is pouring out, he said, I will pour out of my spirit. It is actually an outpouring of himself. Note that outpouring. I said to you, there are three outpourings currently operational upon the earth. And you need to understand these outpourings so that you can flow with the river. I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And look at the consequences. Look at the consequences. 
Hallelujah. I said, look at the consequences. And I want you to listen. There will be consequences after this convention. You see, there are gatherings where you maybe a big crowd and then and then it fizzles out. But the reason that we are not too bothered, are you following me? Is because actually this is the beginning of something. If you go to the sources of rivers, if you go to where rivers begin, they don't look very big. In fact, all you might notice is just something bubbling out from the ground. You know the source of the stream in your village. Have you gone to the source of the stream? Have you seen the source of a river? You just notice, and then that water is what? As, as the water is flowing, it is growing. It's growing in intensity. It's growing in depth. It's growing in the currents, in the strength of the river. That is always what happens with a genuine move of God. That is why if you look at Azusa Street, you wouldn't see much. But the rivers that flowed out of that place gave birth to denominations. The Assemblies of God, the First Square Church, Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship, a whole lot of things were touched by that river. Streams of that river carrying the life of God to the uttermost ends of the earth. When the river begins to flow, initially it looks as if it is small, but that river has life and it is flowing. That is why when we read in the book of Ezekiel, you will notice when, oh, praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Listen now, if you read in the book of Ezekiel, let's go to Ezekiel. Because this is actually the first of those outpourings. It is the divine outpouring of God's spirit. Now, we will get back to Acts if we have some time, but go with me to Ezekiel 47. It's a picture of the river. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Ezekiel 47 from verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Then Ezekiel 47 from verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from where? Under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. And the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple. South of the altar. And he brought me by way of the north gate. And he led me around on the outside of the, you know, to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. Verse 3. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, now listen now, he measured a thousand cubits. He measured a thousand cubits. A cubit is the distance between the elbow and the tip of your, of your mouth. Oh, a cubit is the distance between the elbow and the tip of your middle finger. It's about one and a half feet. That's what a cubit looks like. Huh? 
he measured 1,000 cubits. That would be 1,500 feet. Does that make sense now? So he measured. And when he measured 1,500 feet, what happened? What happened? And he brought me through the waters. And the water came up to where? My ankle. Hallelujah. So when he measured 1,000 cubits, the water came up to my ankle. And then he measured another thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured another thousand. He brought me through the waters. The waters came up to the waist. And again, he measured another thousand and it was a river that could not be crossed. Now, here is the point. It's okay. Here is the point. When the water began to flow, it was not a river that could not be crossed. It was water that was at the ankle. But then what happened? He measured another thousand and the water came to the knees. He measured another. In other words, as the distance was increasing, the depth and the intensity, the flow of the river continued to increase. That will be the description of the river in your life. It will start like a trickle, but it will not remain a trickle. I said it will not remain a trickle. It will become a river that could not be passed. A river that will flow to nations. A river that will impact your community. Impact your family. And be a blessing to many. That's how the river flows. So if you despise the small beginnings of the river, you are going to miss the full expression of the river. I said, if you despise the small beginnings of the river, you will miss the full expressions of the river. Walking in the spirit is a walk. When the walk begins, it looks strenuous. It looks difficult. Like, just imagine wading in ankle-deep water or trying to swim in knee-deep water. It looks like a struggle, but keep going. Hallelujah. I said, keep going. If you are going to experience the fullness of the river, forget about history. Forget the history. Remember not the former things. The next principle is keep going. Even you, sometimes you feel it's just ankle deep. Measure another thousand in your walk with God. If you feel it's just knee deep, measure another thousand. Go further launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch Jesus said and look what happened there oh it was now a river that could not be crossed the water was too deep water in which one must swim a river that could not be crossed whoa the depth the intensity you know I said to you that all rivers are not equal all rivers are not equal that's why there must be a continual hunger in our spirits for more of god more of god some rivers are ankle deep some rivers are knee deep some rivers are waist deep but some rivers are deep the bible says that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea that is deep. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. 
Now look what happened. So he now said to me, verse 6, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side and on the other. I'd like you to note that there were many trees, many trees. Note the trees on one side and on the other side of the river. Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. Whoa. Now look what happened. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and it goes down into the valley and it enters into the sea. And when it reaches the sea, what happens, please, now? The waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, wherever the rivers go, what will happen? They will live. And there will be a very great multitude of fish. Mm. And I have made you fishers of men. Amen. <laughs> because these waters go there. You see, when the river is flowing, fishers of men can get some fishes. Yes, because they will be healed. And everything we leave wherever the river goes. Everything we leave wherever the river goes. Hallelujah. Everything we leave wherever the river goes. Look in verse 12. Along the bank of the river, on this side and on that side, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail and they will bear fruit every month why because their waters flow from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for the healing of the nations for medicine hallelujah blessed be the name of jesus christ there is the outpouring from the father and it's an outpouring of himself it's an outpouring of his spirit the second outpouring which we have seen I, I will not spend much time on that because we dealt with that some time ago is the outpouring from the dragon the dragon is also pouring out something when god said i will pour out my spirit the dragon said i will pour out my flood <laughs> god made a promise i will pour out my spirit and the dragon said i too i will also pour out my flood and the third outpouring that is taking place is the outpouring from the believer you see the plan of god is the outpouring from heaven flows into our lives and then becomes an outpouring from our innermost beings the river flows from the heart of the father it flows into our own hearts and then the river begins to flow out of our own lives into a world that is in need. Those are the three outpourings. And what is going to happen to people now is dependent on what is flowing out of them. I said what is going to happen to people is dependent on what is flowing out of them. In the midst of the dryness, in the midst of the challenges, the answer is the river. Please go with me to a very unusual scripture in the book of Joshua chapter 15. That scripture is repeated in the book of Judges chapter 1. But let's read it from Joshua chapter 15. 
Oh, hallelujah. Are you in Joshua chapter 15? Let's read from verse 16. And Caleb said, what did Caleb say? He who attacks Kiriath Sefer and takes it to him, I will give Axor, my daughter, as his wife. Anyone who attacks Kiriath Sefer and conquers it, I'm going to give him my daughter as his wife. I love this dad. I said I love this dad. He's watching out for some giant killers to be a husband to his daughter. I like this dad. He said, before, you, before I give you my daughter, I don't want to know that you can fight some battles. Amen? <laughs> you know, when I saw this scripture, I, I have some daughters. What kind of husband do you want for your daughters? The ones that will be running back to you every time they have a problem. <laughs> Caleb said, before you can get married to my daughter, I want you to fight some battles and, and take some territory. I'm looking for a warrior for my daughter. Hallelujah. I, I, I'm looking for some warrior for my daughter. If you read in the earlier verses, Caleb himself drove out giants. And he says, I want some giant killers. I want a giant killer that can look after my daughter. If there's a battle, you will fight it. I recommend that you pray much about anybody that is going to marry your daughter. It's very important. <laughs> and then, it looked as if that was too difficult, as if nobody will qualify. Who told you? Believe God for something, you will get it. So he said, Caleb, what if nobody is able to, to do that? Your daughter will never marry. Caleb said, don't worry. Somebody will meet my, somebody will meet my standard. So what happened? A guy called Othniel, the son of Kinas, the brother of Caleb. That is Caleb's nephew now. Eh? He took it and he gave him Axel, his daughter, as his wife. Now, look at verse 18 now. Now it was so when she came to him that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey and Caleb said to her, say, what do you wish? What do you want? And she said, give me a present. Ah! Give me a blessing. Since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her, what did he give to her? The upper and the lower springs. One version said, give me a wedding present. Give me a wedding present. Is there any version like that? I think it's Living Bible or, or something. Help me to check it out in uh, the message translation. Any other versions that you have? I'd I like you to see what is going on here. Now, so this, this Aksa, I can picture she's, she's cute. She gets married and she and the husband, Caleb now gives them land and the land that Caleb has given to them is in the south. Actually, the south of Israel is mostly desert. You know the geography. You know it's towards the Sinai. 
it's towards the Sinai Peninsula, the Sinai Desert. So it's dry, it's desert. It's called the Negeb. Negeb. Some of you, your versions will say Negeb. Anybody like that? So you have given me land in the Negeb, in the south, in the desert. The land is dry. Can somebody read us a version that talks about desert? Read, sir, yes. Present. Um, uh, okay, living, uh, living Bible. Yeah, Living Bible says, as, uh, okay, as, the, as she was leaving him, she urged him to ask her father uh, for an additional field as a wedding present. Okay. Then she got up from her donkey to speak to Caleb about this. What is it? What can I do for you? He asked. And she replied, give me another present. For the land you gave me is a desert. Give me some springs too. Then he gave her the upper and lower springs. He said, look, you, 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 and what? you've given me a present. Now I want another present. I'd like you to listen now. This scripture is amazing in what it's saying. This is Caleb's daughter that is getting married. And Caleb gave her a present, and the present was a land that was a desert. Excuse me, if you got as a wedding present desert land, dry, wouldn't it look as if your father was wicked? Say, Daddy, Daddy, how could you do this to me? The only land you decided to give to me is in the desert. And don't forget that they were an agrarian people. They were agricultural. Is that correct? So that means that if you have land and it is desert, nothing is going to grow on it. You can't even graze cattle on such land. But she didn't complain. She knew that the same father that gave her the first present can give another present. And so she said to him, You've given me land that is desert. But there is an antidote to deserts. There is something that can answer deserts and wildernesses. And if I can receive that from you, I don't have a problem. So what does she say to the father? He said, give me springs of water too. You give me a dry land. Give me springs of water that can handle the dryness. And did you hear what the Bible said? He said, Caleb gave to her what? The upper and the lower springs. The upper and the lower springs. Caleb gave her springs that are coming from up, pouring down something from above. And he also gave her springs that are pouring up something from under to handle the desert. So look what is going to happen. So you've got this desert sandwiched between two springs. I'd like you to picture a desert that is caught in between two springs. The upper springs are pouring from above like this on the desert and the lower springs are springing from under the desert. What is the hope of a desert that is sandwiched between two rivers? And that was the end of the matter. Aksa could go home with her husband. She had gotten a wedding present. Enough of the parable. Now I need you to listen. The generation that we have been given to face is a dry generation. It's a wilderness generation. 
This is the terminal generation. It looks like the river began to flow and flow and flow. And as it was flowing, it was petering out and drying out and just becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. As it got to this terminal generation, the whole place is dry. It's a hard ground. Atheists and secularists, immorality, iniquity, anger, violence, Islam. Do you know that in the generation of the apostles, they didn't have Islam to contend with? They didn't have a lot of the things that we have, with, that, that we have to deal with right now. They didn't have them. Now, we are the bride of Christ. Can I get an amen to that? And wedding day is coming for the church. I said wedding day. Wedding day is coming for the church. I hear the true bride of Christ saying to the father, give us a wedding present. I hear the true bride of Jesus Christ saying, bridegroom, give us a wedding present. Give us the upper springs and give us the lower springs that will prepare this generation for your return. That will help us to get ready for wedding day. And Caleb, oh Caleb, that great guy. You remember him? The guy that said, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. The guy that said they are like bread for us. Their defense has departed from them. God is on our side. That great man of faith, he will not hold back from his daughter. And I perceive that our heavenly father will not hold back the river from his church. I said God will not hold back the river from the church. He has promised an outpouring and that outpouring is guaranteed. And as the upper springs are pouring from heaven, do you remember what happened when the windows of heaven were opened and God poured out water during the flood of Noah? Do you remember that? The Bible said the springs, the same thing happened in the time of Noah. Water was coming on earth from two directions. The Bible says, let's go to, let's go to Genesis chapter 7. Let me show you that scripture. And then we'll come and read another scripture on what happens when the river flows before we draw to a close. Have you seen Genesis? Go with me to chapter 7. Genesis chapter 7. Look at verse 10. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. Please look at verse 11. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, it's, the thing is pinpoint. It's not just something happened. It's, it's a, on a definite date. On that day, what happened, please, now? All the fountains of the great deep were broken up. Now, look at the next thing that happened there. And what happened now? And the windows of heaven were what? Were opened. And the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. 
two things happened the water was coming from two directions and earth could not escape it i said earth could not escape it these were waters of judgment these were waters of judgment but the same principle applies when god pours out living waters of his blessings the water was coming from under so where are the lower springs this is what i believe i believe that the upper springs represent the fresh outpouring from the father in glory a fresh release and an outpouring of the spirit of god but then where are the lower springs i believe that the lower springs are the springs of the spirit of the river of the spirit that are present in the hearts of believers now i want you to listen the combination of the upper springs a fresh outpouring of the spirit from on high and the lower springs an outpouring of rivers of living water from believers that are already on the earth those two phenomena they will cause the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the lord as the waters cover the sea can i get an amen in this place here hallelujah somebody give us the upper and the lower springs before we draw to a close we'll be asking god for upper and lower springs a double outpouring from on high and from within blessed be the name of jesus finally go with me to isaiah chapter 61 this is what happens when the river flows and i hope that from isaiah 61 we are going to find very practical applications of this river principle isaiah chapter 61 Isaiah 61 from verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because He has, the Lord has done what? Has anointed me to keep quiet. <laughs> the Lord has anointed me to keep quiet. You don't need an anointing to keep quiet. <laughs> the Lord has anointed me to be silent. No. When the river begins to flow out of a life, the river has a purpose. It has an agenda. And these are the practical manifestations and the applications. This is how the river will be released through your life. I said this now you are going to see what is going to grow the river in your life and through your life the river increases in intensity where it can find an outlet apart did you hear what i said i said the river increases in intensity in any life where it can find an outlet A river can't flow much if it is bottled up inside an individual. 
I said a river cannot flow much if it is bottled up inside an individual. A river grows in intensity. A river grows in its latitude. Latitude and longitude. A river grows in its latitude and longitude. In its breadth and length. In its depth and currents and torrents. A river grows where it can find an outlet. The word of God will grow in your spirit if it can find an outlet. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Why? He said, because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. The practical application of this river is in the preaching of the gospel. Preach to the poor. And you know, anyone without Christ is poor. No matter how much money they have in the bank. The poorest of the poor is the man that is bereft. The man that does not have the son of God. He is poor. Of course, the physically poor are also poor. So, this is an instruction to preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel. Open your mouth and preach the gospel. Speak to someone about Jesus. Find a way to do it. Give them some literature. Invite them to church. Do something. Show them kindness. Advance. Preach the gospel. Give your money to the gospel. Do something that advances the gospel. That's why the river is here. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This river is going to flow through you to heal broken-hearted people. From today, watch out for people that are broken and begin to bring healing to their lives. Put the balm of Gilead over their spirits, over their pain, over their confusion, over their hopelessness. It's a broken generation. Heal. Bring comfort. Bring encouragement. Where there is a casting down, Open your mouth and say, There shall be a lifting up. Proclaim to proclaim liberty to the captives. Find the captives, set them free. Drug abusers, people that are bound in all kinds of in all kinds of bondages. Lay your hands on them and pray. Introduce them to Christ. Do something that will bring them liberty. The opening of the prison to those that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. Tell people that God is accepting people. This is the acceptable year when God is accepting people. That no matter what you have done, no matter what you have been, where you have been, he will accept you. Proclaim the acceptance that God is providing for people. And then also proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. Remind them that there is a day of judgment coming when everyone will stand before God to give an account of their lives. To comfort those that mourn. Bring comfort. It will not be you bringing the comfort. It will be the river flowing through you. Come on, did you hear what I said now? It will be the river. It is God that is at work in you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But we have to provide the outlet for the river. To console and to comfort all those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty 
for ashes. God is going to use you to bring beauty for ashes in the lives of people. First of all, God is doing it in your own life. Amen? I said God is bringing liberty to you as a captive. Any areas of captivity, the chains are broken in the name of Jesus. I speak comfort to your own heart. Everywhere you have been broken hearted, experiences that you have had in the past, I speak the comfort of the Holy Spirit over your spirit, over your heart. I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding into the depths of your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will have beauty for ashes. You will have the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Huh? And as God is doing this in your life, begin to be a channel through whom this river flows to reach other people. And as this begins to happen, he says that they may be called what? Trees of righteousness. Oaks. The Revised Standard Version says they will be called oaks. You guys, you have your ma massive oaks. Oak trees. Huge trees that grow, you know, so tall. Oaks of righteousness. These are mighty trees. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Now, as this river flows, look what is going to happen in verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. That's what the river is going to do through your life. Ruined lives, ruined families, ruined communities. You will rebuild them. I can't hear an amen from some of you. you, you God will use you. You will rebuild old desolations. Oh, hallelujah, somebody in this place. They will rebuild the old ruins. These same broken people, these same broken people that he healed the broken hearted, they are the ones now that you begin to rebuild. Hallelujah. Because of what God has done in their lives, God can use them to do much in the lives of others. They shall raise up the former desolations. They will repair ruined cities. They will repair the desolations of many generations. Hallelujah. Strangers shall stand and feed your flock And the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen Six You shall be named The priests of the Lord And they shall call you The servants of our God I said you will be called the servant of the Lord Hallelujah And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles And in their glory You shall boast yourself There is a statement I made to you yesterday I don't know if you, if you remember I said to you that the river will solve the financial problems of the church. You see, when the river flows, a river is rich. <laughs> a river, a river has a lot inside. If you were to quantify the financial value of the river Niger, how much would that be? If you were to calculate the value, economic value of the Mississippi, how much would that be? Or the Missouri, you know, these are massive rivers. If you are to calculate the financial value of the River Nile, how much would that be? 
You see, as a river is flowing, it looks ordinary. You don't know that this thing has potential. When the river began to flow in Acts of the Apostles, do you know what the Bible says? It says there was not one person that lacked in that church. Somebody give God praise in the house. You understand what I'm talking about? The river was flowing. The river was flowing. The Bible said not one person among them lacked anything. When the river flows, it is teeming with life. It is teeming with abundance. It's teeming with a great harvest. And out of that harvest, there will be resources for the church of Jesus Christ. Say so you will eat the riches of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And in their glory, you shall boast yourself. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. They shall possess double. They shall possess the upper and the lower springs. They shall possess the help of the Almighty and the help of the Son of God. They shall possess the spiritual and the material. They shall possess double. And everlasting joy shall be theirs. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Friends, elders and servants of God Almighty, there is a river the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. The holy of holies of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her. The river is the answer to the flood. And that river must continually, hallelujah, keep pouring out of our spirits. Keep letting the river flow. How do you do that? Cultivate the river. Spend time with the river excavate the river dredge the river <laughs> how do you how do you preserve rivers you cultivate the river you dredge the river what does it mean to dredge a river it means to remove everything that is do you know because a river attracts all sorts water high sense there are some plants that like to grow in the middle of the river they make navigation impossible on that river. You can't swim in it. Then they begin to attract snakes. <laughs> Look, when the river is flowing, it attracts all kinds of things. When the river was flowing in Acts of the Apostles, there was an Ananias and a Sapphira wanting to mix in the river. But there was a dredging. God is going to dredge the river. And if you want the river to grow and to flow stronger and deeper, cultivate the river. Dredge the river. Remove everything on the path of the river. Anything that resists. You know what the water hyacinths do? They begin to resist the flow of the river. And we just heard about not resisting the spirit. So anything that resists the flow of the spirit in your life, allow it to go. Ask God to clear it out of your heart. Then excavate the river. Dig it deeper. There's sometimes they've got to do that so that they can have a port, uh, an inland port where big ships can, 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 can get in. 
they dig, they, they, they excavate it inside, they clear it out and make it deeper. Don't be satisfied with the present level of the river. It can get deeper. Excavate the river. Cultivate the river. Spend time with the river. Find an outlet for the river. Whatever you do, don't leave this convention to go and keep quiet. And keep a river to yourself. Excuse me, is it correct for one individual to corner a river to himself in a thirsty generation? The answer to that is no. Do something with the river. Let it come out. You may not be able to preach like Billy Graham on the pulpit, but let the river flow into a neighbor. Come on, let the river flow into somebody else. It's a thirsty generation. Let the carriers of this river, let the upper springs come and let the lower springs begin to unfold, begin to be broken up, begin to unleash upon the earth the power and the grace of the Almighty God. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. We have seen that there are three outpourings. The outpouring from above and the outpouring from below concerning below you've got the outpouring from the dragon the flood but you also got the outpouring from the believer hallelujah rivers of living water pouring out of your innermost being blessing nations blessing lives blessing communities setting the oppressed free binding up the brokenhearted and raising a standard against the flood of the enemy do you receive this word here this afternoon? Come on, somebody, do you receive this word? Can I invite you to rise up on your feet and let the river flow? Let it flow through your mouth. Let it flow in praise. Let it flow in gratitude. Let the river flow in intercession. As you stand in the gap to intercede for people, let the river flow in blessing the nations. Let the river flow in binding the brokenhearted. Let the river flow through you. Just lift up your voice and pray. Worship, worship. Pray in the spirit. Just release the river. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad. The holy place. The city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the almighty. Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood 
the nations with grace and mercy send forth your word Lord and let 